0: Are you an entrepreneur looking to have your business grow with a little help from the internet? you have come to the
1: right place. Welcome to Harness the Web with your host, Steve Pack. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Harness the Web this afternoon. And today we're here with Joe Snyder. And Joe's a serial entrepreneur for over 15 years. And back in his early 20s, he started his career in real estate. Then he began working in risk management, where he built an agency into 32 states uh, that serves thousands of clients. That was just the beginning of his business business success. Now Joe is the CEO of a publicly traded revolutionary blockchain development company, Lannister Holdings. Lannister, uh oh, man, that's not from uh, Game of Thrones.
0: <laughs> uh, I, I I am legally have to say no. It
1: is not. <laughs> But we are a team of super geeks, so... Maybe. Uh, But he's based out of Phoenix, Arizona. He looks not only to bring Arizona into the wave of tech disruption, but to bring it to the world. His personal business philosophy is be open-minded, work hard, be forward-thinking, and create a lifestyle by design. That's very cool.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure
1: to be here. Thanks for having me. And
0: yeah, you know, we... I say we, my CTO, Chris Brown, and I have been, uh, and my CEO, Cynthia Tanabe and, and, and us have been playing different games and playing with different things and, and launching different things and learning amazing lessons together for, for an extended period of time. And so, you know, we we formed this adventure specifically to... Address a market that we believe we see coming, <laughs> right? That's that's pretty much all you can do there. Uh, to 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 address a market that we really saw as a blue ocean space, as a space where the core technology underlying these tools, right? People have this: oh, blockchain's Bitcoin. Eh, no, Bitcoin is a use case of blockchain,
1: right? Just like yeah, what is, like in the in the simplest sense. What is blockchain? Blockchain is a
0: ledger of data where the ledger is secure and immutable. Um, That ledger is validated with a consensus algorithm that means that the data is not siloed. And as an example, we hear about all of these data hacks or, you know, these situations where these big companies um, have their credit card processing systems hacked or they have their um, personal data systems hacked. I think, you know, the VA had a big problem, right? You know, Facebook and Target, Need to hear all these, all these things. So uh, what a blockchain does is it records data via a hash, uh, via a state of data. So a regular data system would go in and say, okay, here's all of the data as it sits. And whoever has the access to that data can go in and they can make a change. And then that data is changed. With a blockchain, you have a state of data at every single point in time. And so when the data is changed, a new hash is generated, a new block is generated, and then it's added to the chain. So you have all of the previous events permanently recorded, um, and then you have the new events moving on forward, and there's a bunch of different ways that that happens. There's a lot of really deep technical conversation. Um, I could bring on my CTO and my CDO and they could bore us all. No, they would just enthrall us all with all this detail. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but basically what we're looking at is the fact that we understand these technologies and our teams know how to build them. And then myself and our executive team have a very specific set of real world business experiences that show us areas where these technologies can be deployed to solve problems and reduce risk and reduce costs and add transparency to existing real world systems, right? Existing contracts, existing insurance, uh, uh, contracts, existing fine FinTech services and packages and solutions, uh, infrastructure, logistics, right? Anywhere that you have, uh, if, and then scenarios, or if you have, um, a to b or a to b to c type transactions right a, a home ownership transaction is a fantastic example of something that can happen much 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 easier simpler cleaner and more transparent with distributed ledger technologies consensus algorithms smart contracts um, the process of purchasing a home is finding a property that you want to to acquire, negotiating a deal on terms that all of the parties can agree upon, and then submitting all of that to an escrow agent for them to inspect the chain of title. What blockchains allow us to do and are allowing the world to do and are allowing enterprise and governments to begin to do is to create those chains of title in a permanent immutable, recordable fashion where you don't have the errors that can occur by having human engagement and processes. You don't have the risk that is inherent in having paper systems and things that have to be gone back and inspected. The work that a title company does is they sit there and run their their computer programs. Now, nobody's sitting at the county recorder sifting through microfiche anymore, Right. <laughs> You be careful <laughs> Maybe, you might not <laughs> that 's true, true. <laughs> that 's true I'm pretty sure there's a county in Lubbock, Texas somewhere that's still doing no, I apologize Lubbock you 're beautiful, I love you. so as we experienced some of these technologies, as we were able to play with them through the work that we do and the consulting that we do and the technology stuff that that, that our guys get to play with. And we were able to look at that with a very unique set of glasses from our experience in real estate, syndicated real estate finance, real estate investment, real estate transactions, our experience in scaled risk management, right, scaled client engagement, scaled claims processes, logistics. It became very, very apparent that these tools as underlying technologies have the ability to be built into existing systems and replace existing systems in some cases to – Add layers of transparency, add layers of security, reduce costs and reduce risk. And from a business case,
1: that's a, not a bad strategy. I'm going to act, take it a little technical, but not too much. So, it, if somebody has a system, we gonna let's let's just do this simple one. Let's go back blockchain around the t- you know keeping track of titles. Right? Is how difficult or how big of a job is it to go from an old system to having a blockchain based system. Okay.
0: Um, It depends on what exact part of that process you're talking about. Right. So from the side of a company like Propy, who's out of Menlo park, um, we've, we've, we, we've known a bunch of their folks. They're a really cool blockchain company. They're, they are the company that has actually transacted a real property in the U S on blockchain um, this year that happened. They are specifically attacking the piece of the transaction at the county recorder level, right? And they're saying, we have to deal with the county, we have to get them to accept this distributed ledger as a legal ledger for the county, we have to get all of the property information compiled into that ledger, we have to then deploy that out, and, and, then, and then you can have transactions uh, that occur. That's a heavy lift. There's like 4,000 counties in the United States alone, and they're operating in, I think, 30 different countries as well, yeah. right? Because, honestly, it's much easier then, right now to employ like they're that not in Ukraine m- than it, it is the it, U.S.,
1: right? In terms of picking a group that's um, the most adaptable to change, I would think.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, uh, right, yeah, then you've got all the uh, bureaucracies and, and, and things like that. At the same time, you're also picking a group that, while it, it is a bureaucratic sort of a situation and it is a government situation, they also those government situations, uh, those government entities do have some positive things about them as well, right? They're not looking for a net ROI on a project; they're looking at 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 a, at a service base for for constituency uh, taxpayers or or whatnot. Um, and additionally, with a company like Propy. Where, the, where okay. the value proposition there is, from my understanding, and I'm not propi and I don't have, a, you know, we're our own thing, we do our own thing, but I use them as an example because they're attacking a very specific piece of it that's a very large list, right? You can take those same tools and apply them to something like a syndicated real estate so finance vehicle. Where, now, is a syndicated that? real estate finance vehicle is easier to attack, potentially, because Sure. So let's say a mass. So as an example of one of the things that we're working on, master limited partnership in the state of Arizona. So Arizona is special. Um, a we're we're based in Phoenix. Yay, and but Arizona special because um, the governor has signed a blockchain sandbox law that allows companies like us to deploy blockchain technologies and fintech and insure tech and things like that in the real world without all of the full regulatory approvals that go in. So We can deploy, we can test, we can go two years up to 10,000 clients. There's this whole value proposition there. Um, additionally, in the state of Arizona, there's a law in the books that allows the recognition of signatures on blockchain. So you can actually sign a smart contract on a distributed ledger and it is enforceable and legal in, in, in the state of Arizona. So A master limited partnership is a very normal very common structure for groups of investors to be able to come together and acquire large real estate assets as a group and use this kind of special purpose vehicle to do those kinds of investments right and so with that we have the ability these technologies have the ability to come in and say okay a master limited partnership that is, that is normally structured is done in all these different ways, and we're going to do it with smart contracts, and we're going to do it with a distributed ledger. And all of the investors uh, get a token representation of their equity, and you know all of these all of these kinds of pieces of it that get digitized and automated. And these smart contracts can pay the property insurance automatically. They can pay the property taxes automatically. Um, potentially, they can even collect rents automatically. So there's all of these things that can happen that streamline the operation and the
1: management of the investment vehicle. And, and it's one of the keys. I, I don't know. Like I, this I didn't realize this before. It's one of the keys, the fact that it maintains all the transactions, the the chain of transactions
0: yeah so one of the keys is that you have you have a a permanent ledger of all of the transactions that have happened when they happened, what they were for and um, and it's very very transparent right anybody even in a private blockchain um, anybody that that is a part of that data set anybody that's a part of that chain can go in and inspect the contracts they can inspect the results they it's it's very very transparent and it adds a lot of of mitigation of risk from errors yeah, being just, made the, or or you know yeah, malpians things the, like the, that
1: um, what i was gonna say is like just protecting you from um fraud any of those kinds of things where you, you could go back and find it at least if you can go back and find it at least and, and also um it's
0: it's so transparent that it's very, very hard for somebody to kind of, you know, one of the things that we saw a lot of, and, and even, uh, I actually live in California, not not Phoenix, but um, one of the things that we saw a lot of, and there were some, even some gentlemen here uh, locally who, who are, I think are doing time during the real estate boom and everything, was that these people were going and doing all of this kind of nefarious paperwork and all of this kind of stuff around houses and investments and mortgages and all this kind of stuff, And nobody knew what they were doing until years later, right? Um, You've got these systems where, um, you know, paperwork trails, you know, are just uh, uh, archaic and outdated. One of the examples of of a way that a blockchain can potentially impact risk, mortgage-backed securities, right? You've got all of these loans. We've all... You know, well, I don't want to say we've all, but most people have bought a home, and we have a mortgage, and we've gone through that. So you close escrow, and you get your mortgage statement, you write your check, and three months later, you get a letter from the bank, and they're saying, Bank ABC no longer owns your loan. It's now Bank XYZ. You send your check to the same place, same service, or whatever, possibly, but you know now this other person owns your loan. Okay, cool. We don't care, right? The terms are the same. The loan's are the same. The payment's are the same. That's what we care about, so we keep writing the check. But what Wells Fargo's currently in a lot of heat for, what Bank of America paid billions of dollars in fines for, um, countrywide, all these kind of things, was the fact that there were a lot of errors on the back end of those loans when they were transacted in between the banks. Right, They were packaged here, and this thing was left out. And they were moved over here, and this thing got missed. And then – so you've got people that are in foreclosure that – aren't actually in foreclosure. You've got people getting charged fees that their lending agreement doesn't legally allow. You have all of these kind of things and they, they add up to I mean, A, it's sure, terrible yeah. for the people that are involved in it, right? That's a horrible life experience. There's all this stuff. But additionally to that, from the financial institution side, it's a very, very dangerous game. It is an unmitigated risk base, right? We just don't know how much all these errors are going to cost us later. Yeah, right? It's preventable. And it so like. And it's preventable and it's completely preventable, you know? And so as these technologies move forward, you know, the nice thing about cryptocurrencies, we're not, we build cryptocurrencies. We know how, we know how they work, you know, all of these things. And, and our teams are super geeks about all these different side chains and, you know, Casper, and how do we get transactions, the transactions per second up, high enough, all this kind of stuff that goes around these networks. But the, the, the impact point for these technologies is about coming in and identifying the spaces in the market where there are preventable scenarios, there are redundancies that can get mitigated, there are risk bases that can be uh, identified and attacked. And this is not like deployment of the cloud, right? If you look back a decade, talking about cloud, and then oh, what's the thing? And then you've got four or five giant companies that have billions and billions of dollars in infrastructure to allow this thing to operate. Blockchain is a little bit different because you can have, you know, there's three banks in India that built a blockchain, a private blockchain test, just for them to be able to know if their borrowers were pledging um, collateral at multiple banks for the same asset. In the U.S., that's a little bit more rare. We have a lot of kind of traditional systems and UCC filings, and you know, uh, you know, credit reports. And when you get into commercial, there's all kinds of stuff. So it's a little bit more rare, right? I I can't go get an additional first mortgage on my house in California, right? But in other parts of the world, it's it's not you know it's very common for somebody to go in with a, a a land registry to a bank bank 1 and then walk right back into bank 2 and so you have these abilities to deploy in 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 smaller tranches of business you don't have to deploy it out at scale You can deploy it for just two or three operations or just a small network or even an internal company saying, I have a use case between, you know, my factory A and my factory B, or I have a logistics chain that I want to follow through, you know, to getting my products to my stores from my warehouse, right? And so you can build these solutions in closed ecosystems and deploy them and realize the benefits and the advantages without those billions of dollars of capital investment that something like a cloud infrastructure move would take.
1: Um Cool. Now, Joe, you've done a great job of giving us a, a a pretty good, I think, overview of what blockchain is and how it gets applied. Um, now, what's Lannister Holdings do? Sure.
0: So uh, I am the CEO of Lannister Holdings. That's a thing. Uh, <laughs> and we formed Lannister specifically around these spaces um, and the opportunities that we see around these spaces as they get developed over the next, uh, you know, as over the next iteration. So Lannister Holdings is um, now a publicly traded U.S.-based company. So we're based out of Phoenix. We're traded on the OTC market under the ticker civil NBDR, Nancy Bravo Delta Robert. And we formed Lannister Holdings specifically to – build out some future tech tools that we saw, products that we saw in the market, um, as great product market fit um, and, 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 and a great way to get to market. Additionally, we have Lannister Development, LannisterDevelopment.com. And Lannister Development is client facing software development, um, API integrations, blockchain development, uh, IoT. So we've got full stack software development teams. We focus on the enterprise sectors, And we do some work with the startup sectors. So it's kind of the, we're just getting started, you know, consulting ideation, and then the really kind of large integration, critical infrastructure, um, you know, IoT security, things, things like that on the enterprise side. Lannister Holdings is designed to be a scaled enterprise company in future tech. And what that means is that we are looking to deploy products and services with these technologies that we understand and verticals that we know. We're also looking to acquire intellectual property and companies within these spaces where we see additional growth and value and impact, um, as well as offering these services to clients, um, literally right now in the real world, to help them reduce their costs, reduce their risk, add transparency, add security to their systems and their operations.
1: Um just kind of personally you know cuz you've you're sort of i don't want to say the bleeding edge but you're out there in terms of what the stuff you're working with in technology what's one of the common frustrations that you personally experience in that world
0: um you know we're i I wouldn't know that I'd call it a frustration but we're we're early on purpose you know, blockchain had um, a great test bed with cryptocurrencies. Without cryptocurrencies, I don't know that blockchain gets the, um, the depth of testing and the breadth of deployment and the breadth of, of, of integration and, and, and use that it's gotten over the last, you know, five or six years. And so, <clears throat> but we are a little bit early to the enterprise blockchain space. So that puts us in a consultative phase on a lot of that work. Which means that we, you know, as a development company, are prioritizing cloud integrations and API integrations and AWS and Azure and Go, <laughs> you know, Google Cloud. And so we have this whole work scope that's n- not necessarily today blockchain related. But look, if your company needs, you know, to, to migrate stuff to the cloud or integrate APIs through, you know, CloudBeast or Jenkins or something like that, then we're, we're here to serve, right? Our teams can do that. On the blockchain side specifically, also on the IoT side, I think um, a little bit, and then, and then you know robotics, we're a little bit early. And that puts us in the position of coming in and consulting with these companies from like a DevOps perspective of saying, how do these things work? And where can your industry, where can your company, where can your group um, begin to test and implement? And what do those tests look like and what are they going to provide okay, back yeah. as, as, you know, um, a feedback loop and ROI and things like that? So that's probably a little bit – I would say, you know, look, we're early on purpose because we want to be the company out there consulting and, and, and having those conversations so that as this migrates to the way that we are a market leader in, in these spaces. That just puts us in a specific position, but I don't know that it's a frustration. You know, we, we walked into it knowing that.
1: We've consumed our time, which is a, it's cool. I mean, when you think about the the breadth of the topic that you're talking about, um, you did a great job of getting it succinctly down. Where, um, I don't know about anybody else, but I now have a much better understanding of of what it is. Fantastic! So that's cool. How can people reach out to you? How can they find out more about you or what the kind of things that you can do for them?
0: Sure. So LannisterDevelopment.com is a great resource. Um, We've got some new pages, additional information, services pages going live uh, this week. And there's a bunch of information and content there. You can find us on Twitter at LannisterDev, at LannisterCEO is me personally. And then obviously we're all on LinkedIn. LinkedIn and Twitter seem to be the two, you know, kind of primary uh, portals there. But the websites are LannisterHoldings.com and LannisterDevelopment.com. We, uh, we welcome anybody and everybody happy to answer questions, happy to take phone calls. Uh, again, we're publicly traded on the OTC market under the ticker symbol NBDR. So uh, you can Google us there and, and check us out as well.
1: So it's LannisterHoldings.com and LannisterDevelopment.com? Okay, cool. That's correct. Very cool. Thanks so much for being with us today. Really appreciate it, and thanks for sharing your knowledge. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Have a wonderful day. Yeah, you too.
0: Thanks so much for listening to Harness the Web with your host, Steve Feck. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit HarnessTheWeb.net. We'll
1: see you next time.